Facebook and Instagram are all very well, but you can't say as much. Hello and welcome to Izzy and Gina in Stitches, informal conversation about life in general and art and embroidery in particular with me, Izzy Moore. And me, Gina Ferrari. Hi, Gina. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yes, not bad at all. Have you been busy? What have you been up to? Very busy. Um, despite it feeling like Groundhog Day, I'm, I'm really trying hard to make the weeks different from the weekends. So I work on my course, been doing a lot of that during the week, which is quite interesting, and filming. But the weekends, I try to do different things. And something I've been doing for the last two weekends, which has really fired me up, is the Sky Portrait Artist of the Week. Right, okay. Which is done as a live programme on Facebook. So it's on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. The first one I didn't realise that it lasted for four hours. I thought it was going to be an hour. It's on in the background. And the first one was the sitter was Nicola Coughlin, who is an actress from Bridgerton and Derry Girls, I think she was in as well. Beautiful young girl. And the they choose an artist who's been on the TV programme, I think, for and it was a young doctor who was an orthopedic surgeon, despite the fact he looked like he hadn't left school yet, <laughs> which is probably more of a sign of my age. It's a sign of age, isn't it? Oh, that doctor's yeah. getting young now. <laughs> Indeed. So he was the artist. And it's lovely because she's in her home, well, in her mum's home in Ireland. And he was wherever he, oh, I think he was in Dundee, actually, and painting her via a Zoom call. So you could see the progress of his painting and they chatted the whole time, lovely conversation. And then the presenters come in every so often, like Joan Bakewell presents it and the judges and so on come in and do a little bit in between to give them a rest. And it's just fascinating. It's like sitting in somebody else's living room and having a chat with them and listen to them. But I was painting along. Excellent. And then last weekend, it was Clive Myrie, the broadcaster. I'm just going to look this up. A young artist who's worth looking up, Kayun Anderson. Right, Beautiful, okay. beautiful portraits. And again, they were chatting and it was such a friendly chat and he's such a nice guy. He was lovely. And I've been doing it in watercolour, so it doesn't take me four hours. I do it very quickly. Right. Bit of a learning curve because I've always used watercolours a bit like children's paints. Yeah, that sounds like my approach. And yes. Colouring in. So I'm yeah. trying to sort of build flesh tones and things like that. So Right, with all your layering and... Yeah, trying to. So it's interesting, but I actually would quite like to go and paint Clive Myrie now in acrylics on a board. But whatever. that's what I kind of think I might do this afternoon, but I don't know yet. So Excellent. That's what I've been doing. Good, good. Busy, busy. busy. So, so how about you? How are you? Um, yes, busy, busy. Um, like you, trying to make a distinction between the weeks and the weekends, mostly by um, not having a drink on a school night. <laughs> yeah we do that too in an attempt to address the sort of creeping creeping problem of not being able to wear anything with a zip <laughs> I also have that problem <laughs> elasticated waist some big jumpers and uh and sort of hoping that it might might help my sleep as well which it, it sort of is and so yeah during the week I have been busy um I've been working on courses um I've still got my winter landscapes uh most people have finished but a few people are ticking along doing other right. seasons and um I've also though started to get ready for doing my next swirls course 
which is going to be in April. But I have to, because it was the first one I did back last, early last summer, I, when I uploaded all the videos, it was with Coursecraft's old video player. Okay. And when a couple of people had problems with them, they suggested, they said, well, if you re-uploaded all the videos, maybe it would work better. So it's been on my mind to do. So I finally tackled it this week. But of course, I had the first panic I had was where are all the videos? Where have I kept the original files? Gosh, because... yeah, I, I would have a problem with that too. Yeah, because the files are so massive, I had to clear them off the hard drive of my laptop onto a separate hard drive uh, just to clear some memory. And then I couldn't find them. I couldn't find no. them anywhere. And it doesn't really matter because the videos are still there. I hadn't deleted the old ones okay. yet. But eventually, but I've, I have found them now. I, I sort of had a bit of a sort of heart in, in mouth sort of moment. Oh my goodness. Um, but I have found them. So I've started uh, re-uploading them and just sort of tidying it up. And it's quite interesting looking back and how I've written it, thinking I mustn't get sucked into rewriting too much of it. But I would... Are you tempted? I would, yeah, I'm sort of, it was sort of on my mind anyway to do the videos again but I would have to do it all again from scratch because through the course I'm making a whole swirl so I can't just sort of do one video I'd have to record the whole lot so I haven't done it but I am looking back at the notes and sort of having a tweak at them so I've been doing that and that's taken a while but I've also been on the hunt for all the seascape videos I started doing last summer right I started doing um seascapes the intention was we were going to go camping in France and get yeah. some nice shots of the beach and do all that and of course that didn't happen so then I lost my momentum so I've had to sort of find that again because I want to do that for this summer and so I found found some of the videos to see how far I'd got and I've started writing up my notes and I'm doing my tick list of jobs so that I can then just sort of churn my way through tick things off when they're done so that's been keeping me busy but I've also I don't do things by halves I've, I've also signed up to a couple of courses not one just you know two oh, no. along with <laughs> the other halves? Yeah, along with the other sort of two or three I'm already signed up to and uh, both of them started this week so I'm trying to get all my ducks in a row so that I can actually do my work in the morning and then have a play in the afternoon um, and it it's not working. I don't know. It's, mm, ish. I'm, it I'm, is working. It's continued professional development. <laughs> yes. Oh no, no. That yes. In terms of yes, yeah. what it's for. Yes, it's it's yeah. CPD. But in terms of my time management, whether that's working, <laughs> and actually getting to do all the things that I've I've committed to, um, that's uh, out for debate at the moment. Um, but it's keeping me very busy. And also, since our last episode, when you told me about Gabe Lipper, right. I have been making more of an effort to do my drawing. And last week was an excellent week. I managed to do several drawings every day. This week, it's dropped off a bit just because there's been too many other things kicking off as yeah. well. Several um, really impressive little portraits as well. Thank you. interesting because last time we spoke you said oh I'm not interested in doing portraits and then suddenly you're turning out these fabulous things yeah two points on that firstly um 
that's only about two or three. Yeah, well, they look like lots. (laughs) Secondly, I might have peaked. That might be it. (laughs) What a one to peak on. (laughs) Uh, People will have to look at my uh, Instagram and find the link to my painting Instagram because my choice of um, subject was a bit unusual, but it was just, you know, scrabbling around trying to, I must draw something. I want to draw something. I want to draw a face. And we don't get a print newspaper, so I have to look online. I just randomly found this uh, interesting, wrinkly old face. Well, it was an interesting face. Yeah, and it was quite (laughs) satisfying to draw. Anyway, so that's been occupying me. Righty-ho. So, shall we move on to our main topic? Yes, I think so. So, this week we're going to be talking about blogs. Because this is how you and I first met as we mentioned in I think our very first episode um so there was a little list of questions we had about this things that we were going to discuss which I haven't got in front of me have you I've got it so shall I be prompt today yes (laughs) you do that well I've started off with when did we start blogging so a when and a why I think at first yeah first two questions are when did we start and then why did we start so go on then when did you start you know well I started in 2009 and probably sort of May June around about the time that I finished City and Guilds my City and Guilds diploma so I started the blog I think as a way to document what I was doing but also to connect with other people who were doing the same sort of thing because I'd lost that connection that I had with the city and guilds group. So I think that was why and when I started. How about you? Well, I looked back and for me, it was July, 2007. So that was quite a long time after I'd finished city and guilds and I was already teaching quite well established there. Well, in fact, I think I had a city and guilds group. I was already teaching then. Um, So why did I start really well I've I've got my first blog post actually which I drew up it's only a couple of sentences I was looking last night because I thought well why did I do it and you know what made me yeah and and I've just written for many months I've read fabulous blogs of so many creative people out there and have thought about doing my own it seems such a huge leap for someone so computer illiterate as me Uh haha nothing much has changed has it (laughs) and I said but finally I succumbed and this is it I'm not very confident about managing it. It seemed to take forever to add a few links. And as for that header, does anyone know how I can make it smaller? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I will get to grips with it eventually. And perhaps tomorrow I might post something relevant about me. But now I'm just amazed I've taken the plunge. And I thought it was quite interesting because I obviously wasn't ready to do it. I'd read lots of other blogs. But I thought, if you wait until you're ready to do something, you never do it, do you? So I just went in there, very amateurish. And then I think... I mentioned my next blog post was the next day and I had a picture of a courgette flower that was set to the side. It wasn't formatted properly or anything. But by the end of that year, I, I mean, and I used to blog every two or three days. Yes, I've, I've just actually looked mine up and actually I have got it wrong. I'm out by a whole year. Are you? Yeah, it was actually 2010. But my my first post is mostly about flatjacks because you have the little bio you have to say something about yourself and I said I was on a quest to find the ultimate flapjack I remember that because I may have actually replied or left a comment about it at some point at some point not on that first one I don't think because obviously my first one you know no one knows you're there do they no I think I'd gone I did four posts I noticed with no comments whatsoever 
and I did that I don't know whether I've got written down but I think there was about 40 people read it looking back on my stats <laughs> so. that's quite impressive but you were teaching already weren't you Anna Missenden Abbey so yeah, I didn't tell anybody I was doing this yes but time. it happened people mm-hmm. would have known your name and through looking at the brochure they would have seen you because mm-hmm. think about it Gina how did I find you yeah okay you stalked me didn't I you? stalked I you it's through, it's through the Missenden Abbey brochure and sort of who is this Gina Ferrari teaching machine embroidery yeah. uh, but I can't it's remember she. how <laughs> yeah <laughs> which obviously must have led to your blog somehow yeah um, possibly but I mean but I, I say it was every two or three days I'd write a blog post mm. and it was being consistent and being part of community I mean I, I remember having a book called the crafter's companion and I was actually looking for it this morning I couldn't find it so it must have gone when I had a big cull and it was separate maybe eight or nine people crafters people who it was all sewing I think pretty much yeah and they all had blogs and it was about how they presented their blog and I started reading these and thinking oh that just looks like a really nice little community and I guess I wanted to be part of that community and that's how it's changed so much in some ways because I did then meet a lot of people and we used to go on blogging meetups and actually meet people in person right yes because that's one of the so yeah my reason for starting really was to connect with people once I'd lost the group with my city and girls group because that's another thing I was so disappointed about with the group I did city and girls with because you hear of these people who do city and girls and they go off and set up exhibiting groups and they stay together for that's what I wanted but nobody in my group either wanted to do that or was able to do that or so it never really happened so yeah a bit disappointed about that so I wanted to find other people doing the same thing and so I found you and I connected with you but I also found people um so uh, I mean names and names so I've got yeah it says Anne who was in Skipton has now moved to Sky there's Emma who was in Sky already um Kim Thitchai as well she reached out to me um Alison who lived in Worthing and I've met up with Alison and Emma. We went to Brighton Open Houses, the, right. the Brighton Festival one, one summer when Emma was down from Sky. I think she was down for a family wedding and we all met up. Um, but otherwise, I didn't do any blog meetups, but I have made friends. So now we're all friends and there's some other people. So Alex and Linda as well and Lorna. We are friends on Facebook now sure. because of our blogs yeah and thinking back as well this was before I was ever on Facebook I think I actually joined Facebook in the same year because that was the year that Joe went traveling and I just wanted to be able to spy on him but um that was just a personal account yes yes. I didn't set up a business account till quite a lot later than that so it was before there was any other it was it was your public platform exactly that was it yes because I had no idea well I wasn't in a position to have a website because at the time I was just teaching locally I was just teaching a little adult education class to 10 or 12 people that was what I did and I had no real uh, desire to go traveling and teach workshops really I wasn't really sure I hadn't really thought about that being possible or how you would do it because I would look at people say at the knitting and stitching shows and think how can you even afford to be here 
how how do you even start getting your name out there because you'd have to do the big shows and you know earning you know 50 quid a week or whatever teaching an adult ed class that wasn't really going to go very far <laughs> so the idea of even sort of spending money on having a website it was no 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 I have to do everything free you know or it's yeah uh, it's hard to sort of actually realize how it changed because I mean I started the same I was teaching at local village college and that was all and I guess through my contacts at Missenden that was my first big sort of teaching gig I suppose going back to Missenden to teach and yeah from then from there people know of you yes then people know about you and then it sort of starts the ball rolling yeah but but I think also I was doing open studios by then because my first speaking gig came from open studios the lady had come with with a friend a local lady he had bought her friend who was from Wolverhampton and this lady sort of looked at my work and said do you do talks and I went yes <laughs> and when she left I was like I've just said I'm gonna do a talk <laughs> but that took me into a, a guild and that was right. my first guild okay but that was through a local thing so your open studios though is Cambridge open studios isn't it it which is yeah so you've got that prestige whereas our where we are it's typical really of this town to the south of us we've got Lewis which is very hip and trendy and people who don't want to live in Brighton Brighton is incredibly hip and trendy and if that's a bit much then you live in Lewis but uh, I mean, now Lewis is very hip. There's lots of hipsters, you know, and lots of coffee shops everywhere. And then to the north of us, we've got Tunbridge Wells. And um, then to the east of us, we've got Kent. And the whole Southeast Studios thing is quite big. And then Lewis has an art wave. Brighton obviously has a big festival. Little old Uckfield, where we are, we are like a little island. We're surrounded by culture and things happening, but nothing ever really happens here. So we had a little... There was an art trail and it started off being reasonably big and it was a proper art trail, you know, where you go round to various venues. But then over the years, they lost funding or support or whatever. And it used to also be linked with the town festival as well. And then there was a falling out. So then they had to split off and do it at a different time of year. And so gradually over the years, it just got smaller and smaller and smaller. And that's all we had So that was never a big source of anything, really, contacts. I would, you know, I would get some people for my classes from that, but it never led on to bigger things just because of the nature of it. It was very, very local. And I think all of these things probably work together, don't they? And the blogging was part of that. Yeah, the blogging was part of it because I definitely blogged about my first experience of Art Trail. Right. I was and I was absolutely terrified because why you put things on your blog it's sort of public in that you never know who's going to read it but also at the same time probably no one is going to read it whereas doing art trail that was really sort of sticking my neck out and putting my stuff on a wall I mean it's like doing this isn't it we sit here and we're chatting to each other I think if I thought about lots and lots of people listening I'd just freeze no. <laughs> <laughs> so so blogging was a safe space in that respect it was yeah because I didn't have that many readers or that many I didn't have not even half as many followers as you did um so it was quite a safe space and because my audience was mostly either people who 
were doing the same thing as me so people like you it's a very select little audience or people you know I was friends with I used to go and comment on their blogs um, safe and comfortable wasn't yeah, it yeah safe and comfortable and it wasn't anything else I wasn't it wasn't pretending to be anything else I was teaching my little sort of weekly class and I was having experiments so at the beginning I used to write a lot about you know about the family what we're up to yeah um, and I would try and keep it sort of either sort of funny or interesting, mostly sort of very lighthearted, um, like about the puppy, if he'd done something ridiculous, like the time he ate all the Simnel muffins and we had to take him to the vet <laughs> because of all the, the raisins and things. Yeah, I think mine was the same. Yeah, it was it was family, it was food, it was yeah. what we were doing. Yeah. yeah, and there would always be something creative in there, either something ridiculous that I tried to cook that, failed um because then you know then it would be funny but it's usually creating in some in some form yeah um because cooking is creative I mean it was baking and things like that wasn't it and yeah a lot of knitting on mine <laughs> yeah and actually thinking as to sort of you know like the word blog itself it comes from web log yes. which, so it's a log of what you're up to so it's sort of like a, a diary it's like a record yeah a record and also a photo album because when I first started my blog I just had a little digital camera I didn't even have a mobile phone I don't or did I I certainly didn't have a smartphone no, no I didn't have a smartphone I don't didn't think they existed no I had a little yeah I did have a little Nokia but did it take photos don't know if it took photos I had no idea how to get them onto my blog it was all quite cumbersome I used yeah. to use a camera yeah, I used a camera and then you'd have to use an actual physical wire to Yeah, to upload the photos. So it was a way, yeah, so it was a way of documenting photos, you know, storing photos. And it was quite a lot of work, really, when you think about it, especially to do it two or three times a week. Good grief. Yeah, I have no idea how you did that. But I used to do at least once a week. Yeah. Um, sometimes there would be gaps, but I would try as I got into it and once I was doing more teaching it then became like a showcase for what we were doing in class yeah I'd talk about what we'd been doing in class and I put the students work out because the adult ed uh, people they didn't have it was before they used things like Moodle and they didn't have any showcase any way of putting people's work on display so I put it on my blog right yeah that's quite um, a good way of then advertising what you're doing, isn't it? Well, sort of advertising to the nine people who are reading. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly it's for the students as well, so that they could see, you know, so, oh, that's my work on the internet. Right, yeah. Yeah, it was a bit of fun, really. It is, yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's quite interesting to look back and read, but it, it has changed, hasn't it? In fact, looking back through the blog, I actually wrote a post in 2013 that was called blogging dead <laughs> oh which I'd forgotten I'd done that and apparently and I've got it written down I think it was Time magazine in 2013 declared that for years now pundits have declared that blogging is dead and is replaced by Facebook and Twitter yeah that's an interesting point it's about that time that I discovered Facebook and then I'm pretty sure God, just following in your footsteps all the time Gina you were doing your <laughs> You were either doing your degree or your MA starting that and you had a module on social media and you started doing a Facebook page. Yeah. 
and I thought, oh, hello. So I started a page. I think I did a module called professional practice. That's the one. And it was about how you present yourself out there. And it said, you, yeah, was it that? It might have been. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm, I, well, I, I'm pretty sure that that's how I remembered it, that you were doing mm. it. And because and you weren't sure, I think you weren't sure about it, but you did it because trying yeah. to sort of create that professional front, as it were. Which has all gone downhill since then. <laughs> <laughs> so I so I started doing it and I remember being really excited sort of you know getting like 20 followers like, oh, or 20 likes or whatever but and you're then, really successful on Facebook though I mean you've got thousands of followers yeah but it's because of key things it, I have never paid for ads or anything it's just absolute chance so it was when I was making something, I was doing the tree rhythms thing for the Embroiderers Guild. It was a challenge. And I took a photo from a particular angle. I looked quite good. I thought that's a good photo. I stuck it up on my mm. Facebook page. And um, Fran Harks, who is also known as Mechanorax. Who had a huge following. Yeah. 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 She shared it. And because she shared it, other people saw it. And like, oh. And so that gave me a huge jump. In numbers and there's been a few other things so like that ridiculous video the other week with the free motion embroidery you know that gets shared and suddenly people who would never have found you otherwise find you so it's just things like that anyway we're going off track we're talking about facebook we are we're talking about all sorts of things but it was when i started my page i started to write little posts on facebook because it was quicker i had an ipad then probably but anyway, it was easy enough to just pop up a photo into Facebook, write a few lines. And that was all it had to be. It wasn't a great long post, like a blog post. So that's yeah. when it first started dying down for me when I wasn't doing so much on my blog. I think mine, I mean, I think I was doing Facebook and blogging at the same time and just treated them differently. But I think it was really when I discovered Instagram in a similar way that I just thought this is just like blogging, but really quick. Right. I think my blog was always led by pictures. It was very much image, you know, what images am I going to post? And then what am I going to write about them? And so Instagram, you just put an image and you just got a caption, haven't you? And it's quick again, in the same way, you don't have to write reams. Although interestingly, I've done one or two Instagram posts over the last week or so where I felt I wanted to write a little bit more. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah. See, interesting. Not a huge amount, but yeah. Yeah. I was, late to the Instagram party really so I think the audience has changed because where it was a craft community things like that well I don't even know who my audience is anymore really on the blog it's not the same and mm. all those original people and friends are now on Instagram yes or Facebook so I don't think the people that I interact with on blog now are the same at all um, yeah that's interesting I have blogged a lot less. The last time I did a blog post was the end of January. And it is maybe it's part of this pandemic year that we've had that there's not a lot different to write no. about. I would write about going out. Okay, so I'm painting some pictures and in the evening I'll sit and watch a bit of telly and I'll do some knitting and that's about it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But I do feel my enthusiasm for it has waned and it's changed. Maybe this is sort of moving the conversation on because mm. like you, I've now put a blog page on my website I've written two posts and I think the idea is that's going to be more professional is the wrong word but perhaps more art related and things see this sort of leads into this sort of professional face or sort of 
changing the way we write as well. For me, a big change came in 2016 because that's when I had my studio. Right. We built my studio the winter of 2015. So 2016, I was in my new studio and also I was asked to do my first talk. And also, of course, it's that thing we're not allowed to talk about. It was that referendum. Right. <laughs> and yeah. And so suddenly I was, I've got a studio now, you know, am I an artist with a capital A and going out and presenting your work as if you were this sort of, you know, sort of, here's me, this is what I do as if I'm this established sort of artist. I haven't got a clue, folks. Haven't got a clue. the syndrome for another yeah. episode we've got yeah. here. <laughs> anyway, so that was, you know, trying sort of feeling that you know am I trying to be something that I'm not or that I don't feel anyway all of that combined with the studio and then that wretched vote in the summer just my I lost my mojo is the only way to describe it I lost that ability to be just sort of light-hearted um and to feel that I could just you know oh here's a thing I made god that went wrong didn't it (laughs) and just share it well, you know, I've, I mean, I was looking back at my blog as well. And, you know, one of the tags I've used the most is um, procrastination. Oh, is it? Because <laughs> nearly everything <laughs> I did was a procrastination. The cake is my most used <laughs> tag. <laughs> but so, so that's that year I lost, I, I felt, oh, that's not really appropriate, Isabel. You know, you're supposed to be an artist. You're supposed to know what you're doing. You can't you know a voice must have said to me in my head you can't talk about that anymore you know you can't just put up recipes for flapjacks or whatever we'll talk about what the dog's doing um you know it has to be more more arty more professional but also I found the second half of that year really really hard sort of emotionally as well and I found it very difficult to stay upbeat and actually, that lasted for quite a few years, to be honest, um, sort of navigating my way around the feelings because it was so personal because my blog had been personal. And I, I generally am a fairly sort of lighthearted person, but no. I, I can sink quite low. And I didn't feel that it would then be appropriate to share that you know with people who are reading a blog because they're interested in embroidery and textile art would they want to know that actually I was you know blooming angry about this that or the other well yeah but I think the answer is yes to a certain extent because that's that was always I'm, I think I may have even written a blog post about that at some point that it when I started it wasn't a professional platform for me it was just something I wanted to do and obviously then it as you get better known, it does become a professional platform. Yeah. And you have to be aware of who your audience are. But by, that, by sharing that personal side, you're also giving a rounded picture of you as a person. Yes. And to me, that was important. Yeah. But it's still... See, I'm, I'm coming sort of full circle now. Yeah. I think at the time, because it was all new to me, this idea of being, I know, am I an artist? You know, and suddenly people knew my name and I was getting requests to do talks and workshops it was starting to sort of, you know, like kick off, if you like, right. um, being known. And yeah, like you say, the Facebook numbers. Um, and so I found it initially quite hard to navigate that and sort of 
know where I fitted in. And I, but I mean, mostly I just lost my creative spark because by then I'd been teaching for, you know, teaching the evening classes and I, and I'd found that harder and harder in terms of thinking of new things to do right. <laughs> with the same people, you know, lovely people yeah. keep oh, coming yeah. back. Well, I can't now what do you want? <laughs> and it got, so I, I was sort of feeling a bit flat, a bit uninspired by that um, and just everything. So I, I just stopped. I thought this isn't really going to help anyone if I write. Well, I didn't really feel the need to share or the urge yeah, to share you, anything. You don't feel like writing for a while. I mean, I had periods yeah. where I just thought, well, I can't be bothered. I'm not. Yeah, I suppose they are difficult times. We all go through difficult times when it's hard yeah. to sum up that enthusiasm, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, I tried once before during that time, I tried to separate out my blogs and have a pro one on my website, right. uh, which was just art. Um, and then I don't know what I was going to do. I hadn't really thought. Um, but I didn't really last very long because I got a few sort of spammy comments. And I thought, oh, this is no good. I'm going to have to keep policing my website because that never happened when I was using blogger I never got any spam comments I mean I never got any comments <laughs> well not many but I know a lot usually from companies trying to sell things or get okay website no so I didn't but I started getting them when I switched to my website so I, so I gave that up pretty smartish but I've just started again yes just before Christmas I started again um, I think it's around about the time we started this podcast, wasn't it? Yeah. Because I wanted somewhere to put the podcast notes and I've been mucking about with my website anyway. I wanted to um, sort of tart it all up, basically, and make it look a bit more pro. Um, right. And so I started writing a blog again, but on my website and it is more art based. Um, in fact, no, it nearly, nearly all is. Um, yeah. I mean, you did one about the sewing machines, didn't you? Which I thought was really interesting, a yes. really interesting read. Yeah. So. Yeah. And sort of trying to link it with our podcast episodes. But I think now it's swapped in that this space is now the informal space, if you like. The informal blog space where we talk about stuff. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because we, I mean, thinking about our intention behind this podcast was to have a chat. Indeed. Yeah. And it's been good for us to sound off about things that we realise are shared experiences as well. Isn't yes. It? Yeah. And I and think we are starting to get comments back from other people. So that in the same way as you get comments on blogs, so there's interaction. And, yes. Yeah. Because I think while, you know, our websites obviously have to be like our public face and our Facebook page and our Instagram as well. It's it sort of it's quite curated. I suppose that's the word, isn't it? It is. And so whereas our blogs, our yeah. blogs weren't so much, they were more a reflection of everyday life. Yes and no. There is always, I mean, I, I don't believe, well, no, you know, what I'm like, I open my mouth and stuff comes out. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's my approach to life, really. And then I think about it afterwards. But there was still a level of curation. There's mm. obviously deeply personal stuff, which you're never going to share. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, we didn't have any qualms about sharing some of the, like a recipe for mince pies. And in fact, time. you know, I didn't do a lot of personal stuff about Jacob growing up, but on the very few times when I did, it got such a huge response. And we talked about that the other night. You know, I, I felt Jacob's story growing up was his story. Um, and for people who don't know, he's on the autistic spectrum and he's very open about that. 
But when he was probably seven or eight, he was excluded from school permanently. And I was told by the then headmistress, he would never access the national curriculum. See, that's like a red rag. I can see that's a red rag to you. Yeah, I mean, not a lot winds me up, but that did. And I thought, don't you write off my child. And he was little, he was eight. And I was offered by the local education authority two placements for him, both boarding schools. One was for children with severe behavioural difficulties, which, yes, he could be naughty and disruptive, but I never felt that was his problem. Yeah, That was a symptom. A symptom, yeah, absolutely of his anxiety and not knowing how to deal with the world. And then when I turned, no, I'm not going to visit it. I was deemed an awkward mum. And then I was given a place to look at for severely autistic children, many who didn't even have language. And what would that have done to him? So I fought and I was the obnoxious parent who wouldn't accept anything. (laughs) And he eventually went to secondary school. And I'm not saying it was an easy ride, but it was the day he got his GCSE results. I wrote a blog post about that. I remember that, yeah. And I got 75 comments and it was people saying, thank you for sharing and giving me hope. I'm going through this fight myself and things like that. And you think, yes, sometimes you do need to put it out there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying for the record, because I'm incredibly proud of him. He went on and got a first class degree in sound production and, you know, lives independently. And he's perfectly normal, as normal as the rest of us. He's just got some quirks and he's funny. Yeah, exactly. We all have quirks, don't we? (laughs) And that's what I used to say to him. And he used to get so upset. I'm different. I don't want to be like this. And I say, yeah, you're different. We're all different. It's just who you are. And yeah. And so I've gone off on one now, haven't I? But I felt it was important to share personal stuff. And I'd not really shared anything about him up to that stage. And then he was old enough that I could say, you don't mind, do you? So yeah, indeed. Yeah, sometimes doing the personal stuff even though you've got this professional front, it's worth doing. Yes, um, because I had, a, I had a little comment from someone. Um, I think it was our episode about sewing machines. Um, she sent me a message saying, I thought this episode was about sewing machines. And it seems to be about you just having a chat. I said, stick, stick with it. We get, get there in the end. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, like this is about blogging. We've, we've, we've mentioned blogging once or twice, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> but um so I mean that that leads us on to so if we are going to carry on with our blog sort of what is our intention why who are we writing it for because initially okay it was mostly for ourselves yeah so are we writing still for ourselves or are we writing for an audience and how much do we have to balance writing for an audience or bearing our audience in mind and how much do we write for ourselves how do we find that balance yeah I don't know I mean I think my approach I say I've written a couple of blog posts on my website which I'm not sure anybody's read at all but that's I don't mind so I think now I've gone right back I think my other blog has actually reached the end of the road I think you know it's time to say I've not I will write a final blog post and I've done it several times thinking I'm not sure I'm going to carry on I think I am going to stop that one and I've gone right back and Although I'm going to do arty type posts, I think they're going to be for me at the moment, writing about what I'm, it's to sort of document what I'm interested in at the moment. Yeah. And how that might evolve or change, I don't know. And maybe it will get an audience, maybe it won't. So I'm not thinking about the audience on that one quite so much. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to sort of have this balance with um, writing something that's sort of interesting and mostly sort of about art or textiles, but also making it personal as well, because it is me writing it. I'm not, I'm not a brand. I'm not a, you know, a company. 
Um, now that's what it's all yeah, about. It's yeah. it's personal. It, it's me and it's my approach. And if it helps people, you know, other people. So like when I'm writing about procrastination or whatever, which I'm going to try. Is it, is it a procrastination to be writing a blog post about procrastination? Oh, interesting yes. one. <laughs> it's a bit meta, isn't it? Um, but if it, you know, if it is helpful, you know, or or just interesting, um, then why not? Really? Um, and I think that's where it's got to come from. It's got to be something that's interesting to you. Otherwise, you're not going to have the heart and soul to want to write it. And Yeah, it's got to have soul, hasn't it? And, yeah. um, and if you're not interested when you write it, people are not going to be interested to read it. No, exactly. It comes across. It's not, you know, we're not writing university essays here. Are we? <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, t- I did write one about art and craft after our discussion last time. And I thought, oh, gosh, I'm not including everything. And, and I thought, no, again, I'm getting into essay mode. Just write what's in your head at the moment. Let it yeah. come out. Yeah. Because, again, as I just said, yeah, that's me. I let things come out. I don't think a lot about it. I don't edit very much. <laughs> Whereas I'm the opposite. I overthink. And so I end up writing too much. I, my, yeah, Nick finds it hilarious because also at some point in the in the past, I was a legal secretary. So I, I used to write part of my job. I used to have to write, you know, all these legal letters and documents. And quite often, some of the people I worked with over the years I was doing it, they tweaked that actually I was quite, you know, I was quite good at it, at this way of writing. And they could actually sort of just say something and say, oh, Isabel, could you just write that up? And I would write it because I could copy their style and the way they've written it. So my writing became very sort of cumbersome and laboured because it was in this legal environment. (laughs) And so that's, so with my writing, um, if I show anything to Nick, if I'm trying to write something like, you know, an article and I've been asked um, to, you know, write a few articles, he just goes through with a red pen and just goes, get rid of that, get rid of that cross that through cross that through why don't right. you just say it? what are you trying to say well just say that don't say that. yeah I think I'm quite good at doing that yeah at just saying it in a few words rather yeah. than I, I have got I have got better but that's my excuse anyway in that it was my training has <laughs> to be as wordy and as verbose as possible yeah. Yeah. so I think there is still a place for a blog but maybe it's different. I think when we started, there weren't so many blogs. Certainly back in 2007, when I started, there were just a handful of that. Yes, type. I looked yeah. up I looked up the list of blogs that I used to follow. Um, I looked at my old blog and I looked up uh, the people I used to follow. And I thought it was a massive long list. And it's not, actually. No. It's not as long as I thought. Um, so that surprised me. No, I think that's changed. There's more competition for it out there. So all you can do is write what's interesting to you. I think if you start curating what you're putting out there with your audience in mind, you then lose your authenticity. Also, this thing about audience as well. If, if you're in terms of attracting a particular audience, in a way, what's the point of attracting an audience of people who, who don't click with you? Yeah. Do, do, you see, do you see what I mean? Yeah, you don't necessarily want everyone to agree with you. No, exactly. We had a, a nice comment, didn't we? A nice email from somebody who said she was totting along with something we said which but but in a really nice way yes absolutely and that was lovely and that's what we want we want there to be debate we we definitely do not have all the answers no this is just us sort of talking it through isn't yeah. it yeah 
and we have strong opinions on things as well and like mm -hmm. i said that goes back to um what this space is for i mean ultimately it's a talk between two friends and we hope that it's interesting what we're talking about and that it's and entertaining i hope and vaguely on the subject of stitch and art um occasionally yeah <laughs> and not everyone is going to agree with us because wouldn't that be boring if everyone agreed with us it would be very boring indeed yeah. Um, but I do think that this is, in a way, this is our informal place, and then our separate, you know, yeah. online presences. That's that's where we can be a little bit more. That's a good place to stop. This is us, yeah. guys. <laughs> Warts, I think Warts so. It's <laughs> me and Izzy and our opinions, right or wrong. Oh, just just a minute. There's a because you just mentioned a comment we had. Here's one that I meant to read out last week. Okay. And I forgot it's from Anita saying, love the podcast. I've now gone back to the beginning and sent a link to my very creative older sister in Staffordshire. And she loved it too. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you, Anita. That's lovely. Yes. Oh. Diversions and discoveries. Have we got any this week? I have. So in the spirit of my old blog, one's a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, love <laughs> yeah we get a weekly veg box and uh, every now and again we get a big bunch of chard and um, there's a couple of things I've tried over the years with it one is a sweet potato stew with chard and peanuts which is quite nice but we've had it quite a lot so I was desperately hunting around for what else can I do with chard and I found a Nigel Slater recipe chard and feta tart and we've had it a couple of times now, which means if we've had it now a couple of times, that's now on the rotation. It's on your repertoire. Oh, yeah. yeah, part of my repertoire. So I like that one. And then the other thing, it's um, something really silly. Well, it's not silly. It's part of one of these courses I've started this week, um, actually taking. And one of the tasks was to do some mark making using lots of, you know, like just I saw that on Instagram yeah yeah so black pens and stuff and then all your colored things so all the dry things like colored pencils and crayons and things and then all the wet colored things so like paints thin paints thick paints blah 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 but then the next task she called it um automatic drawing right and if you look up automatic drawing it all gets very surrealist and uh, it's not that at all basically it's having a play yeah and last night it got to about half past nine. I said, I haven't done my task for today. I haven't done my automatic joy. So I sat down and I thought, well, I'm going to do half an hour. And the idea is you just make marks just completely spontaneously using whatever paints, crayons, pencils, whatever just comes to mind. So I had it all out on my table in front of me and I just had a really, really good play. And actually, I was there for about 50 minutes in the end. So went to bed late in the end. But I felt so much better. And I thought, this is fun. And that's what it should be, shouldn't yeah. it? I wasn't doing it for anything. I wasn't drawing anything in particular. It wasn't for anything. I was just having a doodle. And it's so ridiculous. That's why I said it's silly. This is what kids do. Yeah, but forget how to do that. And we need to do more of that. Yeah. I mean, you know, you picked up on my Instagram yesterday about the patterns people were making in my course. Yes. And they were just finding patterns in Klimt paintings and reproducing them and developing their own. And they're all have. and I thought, oh, will they be interested in this? They're all having such fun. Yeah, it's fun. It, yeah. yeah, this can be fun. And yeah, we and forget, we all get that. quite serious about it. Um, 
so anyway so I've been having fun and I I feel like doing some more so I might do a bit more later so that's me how about you what have you discovered well I wasn't sure I had anything this week and then suddenly (laughs) because I was looking I put these portraits in my window and things and there's the great big art exhibition which is like everybody putting art in their windows across the UK is going on at the moment and Anish Kapoor the sculptor had actually said and this is relevant to our last podcast art isn't always about having something to say sometimes it's about doing something and seeing what happens and I thought well that's an interesting take from a fine artist I thought that was quite good I like that so that's yeah I really did like that and the other thing I thought well we're talking about blogs how about a blog and I've just recently found the fashion and textile museum blog so it's on their website and they write a blog and there was a quite an interesting one about Elsa Schiaparelli and the designer which was interesting and another one about Case Fassett that I found quite interesting so I thought there are blogs out there about all sorts of interesting stuff you just got to look for them this is the thing because yeah getting ready for today looking back at blogs I used to read I found myself getting sucked in so I think uh, yeah a whole new era of blogging maybe we sort of turn the corner so actually I think there is still a space for going back and having a good long read. Indeed. Oh, thank you very much for listening. And if you enjoyed it, please consider subscribing. Then you won't miss an episode. And we'd love it if you leave a review or send us emails or tell us what you think. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks time, which I think is about 25th of March. I think so. And we're gonna be talking about time management. (laughs) Procrastination, because that was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> something about this week well at least i think that's what we're going to be talking about so. yes i think we might be in the meantime you can find us on our websites isabelmore.co.uk and ginaferrari-art.co.uk thank you for listening thank you for listening bye see you next time bye i mean i know and what everything you said was actually very sensible he's annoying like that he takes the wind out of yourselves <laughs> so I, the only response was i'm not going to be told what to do <laughs> exactly and i know that's a fault of mine but there well we no 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 but it's also what keeps life interesting and edgy and yeah thank you for listening If you like the music, it's by Ixon and you can find it at soundcloud.com slash Ixon and the link is also in the show notes.